Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. All right, what's up, everybody? It is late in the morning. We're talking 7 a.m., a little bit after. Uh, the reason I say that is because we have been chasing turkeys around the last couple days. We've had some extremely early get-ups and some late nights. It's, uh, it's late in the spring as well, so we got some long days. But more importantly is who we're chasing these birds with. So we've got quite the crew here at the table. We've got to my right, Trent with Born and Raised, Sam Solholt, Aaron Warburton with uh, The Hunting Public, and Casey with Hushin. Also to my left, I'm reversing. I've got Eric Barber, Vortex Optics, common voice on the podcast. But these aren't the only guys we've had here. We've got a boatload of people. Boatload of people. So we've got you. Yeah, there's and, one in a bed over there. There's one in a bed over here behind yep. us. Yeah, it, yeah. it <laughs> looks a little bit like a homeless shelter around here. Uh, but uh, a homeless shelter that's having a lot of fun because we've oh, been having man. a blast. So I guess, you know, one thing that we have here as far as knowledge and, and kind of a lifetime of hunting knowledge, we got a lot of turkey knowledge and we've got a lot of elk hunting knowledge. And we've heard Eric a couple times this week, which kind of I kind of had to check my hearing, that Trent, that there's some similarities there. Oh, man. I figured this was going to be pointed right at right my at face. Why don't we just go for the throat? <laughs> hey, Trent, how's here. it going? Um, no, I, I, I definitely will admit all of what you just said. Coming into this, honestly, my intention was to come out here, first off, have fun, right? And actually, what it ended up being was a terrible time, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a blast. No but I learned once I, you got here. Yeah, it was the learning aspect of it. You know, it was the every single day I come away with something that was honestly turkey hunting is like elk hunting in a lot of ways. Yeah, they don't have horns. Yeah, they don't weigh the weight. Yeah, it's not exactly the same, but in in a lot of ways, just the way you the way you attack it, it is a lot like elk hunting. And and that was kind of fun to just see those similarities and and go through that and and everything from getting on their level to running and gunning to all different kind of stuff. It was it was pretty fun. It was a good time. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, you guys have done a ton more elk hunting than I have. You know, I chase them around every few years. Eric and I are a little bit removed from them. You know, I think I... I'm very removed from was them. was in Nebraska where we did have some elk, and now we're in Wisconsin where we do have... I saw one in a cage on my way here. So, like, my, my elk hunting knowledge kind of on the way, did one of those. Yeah. I like, went you, up a step. You really took it up a notch. <laughs> that bull was at least in a one-acre cage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you live another 100, 200 years, you might get a tag here in Wisconsin. Exactly. Like, regularly. Yeah. Are there elk yep. in Wisconsin? There are. Mm-hmm. They yep. had their first season last year. Oh, correct? they did? Yep. Five yep. tags. No yep. way. Yeah. Yep. yep. Five tags. So. What part of the state are they in? Uh, way northern part of the state. Uh, Clam Lake area is the, the region that they're in. So. The wolfy part up there. The wolfy yeah. part. I yep. believe they call that the Clam Lake herd. Too, Clam Lake herd, yep. yep. There's actually two herds. There's another herd in like the western part of the state too cool but yeah nice. so we've got yeah we had our first elk season it was a draw how many people put in 30 something 37 thousand i believe wow hmm. yeah and so for five five, five. For, so there were five that <laughs> went to like the general public there's a chance yeah <laughs> really, really throw my name in the hat next year powerball or elk yep. 
We yeah. actually we've, we've referenced this <laughs> podcast. We did a podcast with Kevin Wallenfang from the DNR. Uh, these uh, the Wisconsin elk herd is kind of his baby and uh, one of my favorites. So if you are interested in Wisconsin elk, give a listen backwards on that one. That was a beautiful plug. But yeah, you know, talking about you know the similarities to me where you know you're talking about maybe getting on their level and doing some things or before you get to a, an opening you know you definitely yeah. want to call before you get in there perhaps or at least glass it right yeah but the the calling interaction is to me like where people say oh it's like elk hunting or even it's that that interaction where you're using your vocalizations and their vocalizations and trying to predict what they do and Aaron I mean really nobody knows that better than you so maybe you and you've hunted elk before some and you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, though. The first time I came from the Midwest and out east, where we have always been told and thought that turkey hunting was just like elk hunting. You know, all my buddies that go out there elk hunting and come back, it's like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll do great because, you know, you know how to hunt turkeys. You'll be fine with elk. But I went out there, and I got my butt kicked the first three <laughs> years that I hunted elk. I mean, we killed one eventually, but it was sort of a lucky thing. And, yeah, we... There was a big learning curve there. There was definitely, like you said, Trent, some similarities yeah, that yeah. I could see immediately. But it is it is slightly different. But, yeah, just as far as the interaction and stuff goes, that's my favorite part of both of them, I suppose, is just talking to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, trying to establish a conversation with the bird or the elk and then get them to come where you want them to. And that's easier said than done a lot mm-hmm. of times. Definitely been... Easier said than done on this trip. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, th- I think a lot of that stigma or whatever you said from Western coming out east to hunt turkeys, a lot of situations out west, you know, maybe you're dealing with like Rio's in California or something like that. Uh, the birds, I, w- I would just say they're, they're not as tough to hunt in some of those situations. And it, it all depends on the situation. Yeah. I mean, the same goes with Wisconsin here. I mean, you can find spots here. I mean, They're I found super easy. I found spots in PA and like Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You talk to one guy from down there that says, "Man, our birds are tough." And then you you find a pocket of them where there's just so many turkeys and they're yeah. like living in town with people and you're hunting them in people's yards and yeah. Yeah. The turkey hunting is not as difficult then. But it all it all depends on the specific situation you're in and in this one that we've been hunting here in Wisconsin, we're on public land hunting a fair amount of timber turkeys where you can't see them. You have to go off of audio, you know, vocalization, striking birds, moving on them, using the terrain, using the habitat to get as close as possible. And that's where that's where you really start to see the similarities. I think that's where like. it was for me, I guess, because coming from Oregon, we have more turkeys. I mean, but they're all, like you just said, they're all around houses. You see them every day. You got to stop in the road for them, you know. They're in your bumper looking yep. at themselves all strutted up. You're yep. like, that's not a very smart animal. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're still, they're still not very, smart. Very narcissistic. Either, you know? Very, very. <laughs> and, and it's just like I came from that, and it's like we have a huge population of turkeys where I'm from, and I've never even hunted them. Right. It's just, yeah. But then, Turkey hunting not, is not that big of a deal no, out there, right? No, yeah, well, no, see, not at that's, all. That may have something to do with it, too. They're not smart. They're still not smart here. They have a tiny, tiny brain. They're well, just skittish. We 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 haven't, they, we haven't killed one yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> they're we just killed so skittish, one bird though. in three days yeah. between fifteen of us. Yeah, <laughs> I would they, say the misconception I I believe is because I'm I do both. Like I grew up elk hunting. That's always been my jam. I started elk hunting with my dad when I was eight years old, and then recently is when I got into turkey hunting. Like the last probably four to five years, and I think the way you, we choose 
we chose to hunt turkeys. Like, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I shot a turkey outside the house, or I went and spot right. stalked a, a turkey in the, in the field. It wasn't hard. The way we chose to hunt turkeys, or the way you guys do it, is exactly like how we choose to hunt elk. Like, yeah. elk hunting could be easy, too, if you're shooting them out of a field. Yeah. Right. But if you're trying to go on public land and actually call these mm-hmm. birds to you and and make them think that you are another uh, turkey, just like we do elk, that's when it can be very tough. Well, that's, or it could be easy, but we've experienced a really tough time doing that. That's what I was going to say is hunting pressure is everything. Yeah. I mean, that it just changes. Mm-hmm. Turkeys, are, yep. turkeys are extremely sensitive to it. Yeah. So these birds around here, I mean, it's the sixth season. This is the end of, this, end of the year. These turkeys we're dealing with that are gobbling on these public areas now have been hunted multiple times throughout the year yep. it's a lot different than a bird that may be living on the edge of town in a yard where that never gets hunted and like sees people all the time it doesn't perceive you as a threat so you can essentially just walk right up to them and boom you know <laughs> meet on the table but because what when does the first season start here when, when? april 17th okay. is our opening yeah. day so we're yeah. all coming up on six like obviously six seasons yeah coming mm-hmm. up on six you had a, a good i can't believe comparison yeah last night with like rocky mountain park Rocky Mountain National oh, Park. Right, yeah. 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 You guys were talking about, like, the elk herd there. You just walk right up to them. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about some of the, I mean, the, some of the same stuff on, on the Born and Raised podcast last night. We cut out a quick one. And, and, yeah, you know, I think some of these, you know, perceptions or misconceptions about turkeys, particularly if they're in, like, a, maybe an urban environment where they're running around people's mm-hmm. houses and people are seeing them. And, like you said, they're staring in your bumper and you're trying to pull out of your driveway to take your kids to school. Right. You're not going to be like, man, I sure want to get out and get after chasing those guys around. <laughs> But it's almost a parallel with that to when a person goes to Rocky Mountain National Park or Yellowstone or something like that, and they see a bull elk standing offside the road, and you get out of your truck, and you take a bunch of pictures of it, and then people say, well, I don't think hunting elk would be that interesting. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, or that challenging or, or that, you know. And that was they, the cool but, thing. Yeah, uh, this last couple of days is I say we talk about similarities, and it's just even with the stuff that we use, like mapping and stuff, Onyx Maps. You were on Onyx all day long on this, just looking for these little tiny, okay, that's public, we can hunt that. Nope, that's private. And we had one case where there was a bird just gobbling his head off, but nope, it just went over on private. You know, And I'm not talking private like in the yard private. I'm talking mm-hmm. like there's this imaginary line in the middle of the woods, a middle of nowhere, yeah. but it's just something that we can't yeah. hunt. So, I mean, I, that was that was interesting to me as far as, just just the similarities in in the in the stuff that you use every single day i mean we i i I imagined it being we're going to drive around and we're going to see turkeys out in the field and when they go in the brush we're going to go call them in and it wasn't that it wasn't that way it was totally different we're just putting boots on the ground and hiking miles after miles and just like elk just looking for that one right we're just looking for that one that wants to play our game yeah When you talk about putting miles on, we're in a little bit of a unique region in the Midwest here. You know, we're in we're in some pretty good bluff yep. country. It's hilly country. You've got canyons and draws and ditches Hollers. and haulers and yep. and you know, you talk about putting on the miles. I think we're putting on and you know, an yeah. average of seven, yeah, seven a day ish, you know, yep. give or take a little bit of that. And and uh so it's definitely not easy. It hasn't been easy like you said these have been pressured birds we had a little bit of interesting weather the first day and then yesterday we thought was going to be on fire and for whatever reason i mean i think everybody's been getting into birds yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know and getting into birds and a lot of close calls and yeah yeah and like the i mean like yesterday like we got on birds and i'd be curious to get like some of your guys that have like more elk hunting experience take on this but like we had birds right off the bat that were 
goblin, not like they were gobbling their heads off. They, you know, wanted to play the game. There were hens that they were ignoring and coming to us, you know, but there was just a little subtle terrain feature that kind of ended up hanging up those birds. They were within gun range, just the way that the topography laid, we couldn't even see them, but we could hear them drumming and whatnot within probably 40 yards. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's something that you guys run into when you're trying to call a bull. You know, like I was talking to Wes all morning about like, you know, how we had the, these turkeys within gun range, but it was just one little hiccup that ended up, you know. It didn't come together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's same, same exact way. I mean, elk hunting, yeah. They're just like these turkeys. They're, one thing I did learn is their eyesight is incredible. Yeah. And it's the same thing with an elk. You're calling, you're calling. It'll come, usually a bull will come to a certain spot, and it won't come, sometimes won't come any further. That's as far as he feels comfortable coming. Same, it seems like, with a turkey. They'll come to a certain spot, and they're not seeing what they want to. They're seeing, yeah. they're hearing the sound, but they're not seeing something that makes their brain go, okay, yeah, that's a turkey over there. They're, yeah. they're just a little bit hesitant. And same with an elk. And with elk, what we do is we'll back off of them at that point, and then we have to get right to where he was, right to where he was last, comfortable coming. And then usually, a lot of times, he'll still feel that is a comfort place and then keep that collar back but move that shooter forward. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he'll sometimes come back to that same point and you can get a shot at him. But same thing, it seems like, with Turkey, same thing. I mean, that's what oh, yeah. was yesterday, yeah. same thing. Once a time, you know, reaches its maturity or whatever, two years old and older, they know their environment well enough at that point. And like we were talking about, they can pinpoint the source of that sound, same yeah. as an elk can. Yeah. And they just know how to come in to see what that sound is coming from and then get the hell out of there if they need to. They just don't – I mean, every once in a while on public land, they'll come bombing right in, but usually that's like the first week of season before they've had yeah. pressure and stuff. We have them all the time where they're gobbling and they're coming in and they'll swerve you at the last minute and they'll pop up at your, like, 7 o'clock and just raise their head up over the hill yep. and look right at you and take off, you know, because they don't see a hen. Gotcha. There. They just they played that game before, and they had lead slung at them or something. And mm-hmm. What do you uh, think, you, you're talking about them getting to know their environment, what do you think, do you know what their home range is, in, like, in general? Uh, Greg probably does. It's, it's not particularly big. Yeah. A turkey... That's the that is one big difference I see. Yeah. You know, I mean, elk will just go and go and go and and turkeys, like a lot of upland birds, are extremely sensitive to the habitat that they live in. You may have a four thousand acre chunk, but there may only be pockets of birds here and there, kind of scattered throughout that area because of the habitat factors that they have to have. I mean, they have to have a number of different things. You know, for poults to raise, they've got to have thick cover. A lot of times, taller grasses. They got to have mature timber right there so that they can roost. They got to have water. They have to have multiple food sources, all in a fairly small area. You know, half mile to a square mile for turkeys to exist there in that area. And if they're missing just one of those, they're not going to be there. And they're not. I mean, they'll just travel and live somewhere else. So, with turkeys. It seems like you're once you find the birds, you're just a little more cautious moving in because they're not going to move too terribly far from that spot. I mean, and that's been our experience with Easterns anyway. Once you get out west and you're hunting Miriams and more of that monotonous type terrain, they'll go and go and go. And I'm not saying that Easterns won't do the same thing at different times of the year, but for the most part, once you find turkeys in a particular location and you figure out how to hunt them right there, so long as the habitat doesn't change, they're going to be there. 
like year after year, they're going to be there. That's a pretty hot tip, though, to think yeah. about when you're trying to, you know, break down some country around here, you know, and maybe maybe particularly these eastern birds, because there are some, you know, what was that one tract of public land that we were thinking about jumping into was almost 10,000 acres or something yeah. like that, Eric? yep. Wow. You know, that's a lot of acreage to go, yeah. you know, trudge around and try yeah. and find a bird. But if you kind of know, like you said, if you can sort out by mapping or scouting yeah. and uh, figure out what those turkeys' needs are or know what those turkeys' needs are and figure out where those pockets are in there, you're definitely ahead of the game. I'd, I'd imagine another big difference, too, is, like, a, a turkey, you can spook a turkey. You can have, like, the, those birds we had yesterday working. Like, they came in, ended up not working out. They actually, the one time, literally ran away from us. Yeah. yeah. I well, feel you, like, had, you had had some history with those birds. Eric. Yeah. You, but I feel like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got a name picked out. We've got, we don't have any pitchers. <laughs> pitchers. We have history. Yeah. <laughs> Just yet. Yeah, I, think you, I, I think that bird may have experienced a little bit of uh, uh, mental trauma. His buddy came in with him about three weeks ago, and his buddy didn't leave, so I'm wondering if that's why he didn't want to play the game yesterday. Moment of silence for his buddy. Yes. But anyways, you know, I, I feel like you can spook a bird and then give him an hour, give him even 30 minutes sometimes, make a quick adjustment, and you can probably still kill that turkey. But I feel like if you spook an elk, yeah, he yeah. might be in the next <laughs> unit, you know, and you might be SOL. To some point. Yeah, yeah. To some, I would agree. To some point, it's... like, I've seen these guys do it a lot where they'll actually bump a bull and then reset on that bull and call him in and kill him. Yeah. Really? Huh. More yeah. more or less with Roosevelt elk, just because of the thick denseness. So yeah. a Roosevelt will usually run about two or 300 yards and then start sneaking around after you've spooked him. Or, yeah. And then, then he'll start going back to do elk things. Uh, Rocky Mountain... You can see dust over the farthest yeah. hillside. You know, yeah, they're yeah. gone a lot of yeah. times just because it's so much more open. You know, that's kind of interesting, though, thinking about rose, particularly rosies and these eastern birds in this, you know, pretty thick, you know, hilly mm-hmm. cut country. There's a lot of similarities here. That's to, what I was thinking when Aaron was talking about birds that don't need to leave, like that, you know, they live in a, like a square mile. Right. Rosies are the same. Yeah. In comparison to Rocky Mountain oak, yeah. like rosies yeah. don't, in most places, don't need to migrate. They, Summer, right where they winter, and they'll be there in the fall. They don't move that much. Rockies, you know, they migrate and move 20, 30 miles if they want. Well, you were asking me yesterday about sign, like how I'm always, we're always, when we're out there, we're looking for, like, fresh turkey tracks and fresh scratching and stuff. That's why we look for so much sign is because they're in such a small pocket, essentially. Like, if I see one fresh gobbler track on the ground, there's real good odds that he is within earshot of that track. Right. I mean, or fairly close. Like, you know if you spend some time in that area, you're eventually going to hear him. him. When you're elk hunting, especially in Rocky Mountain elk, like you said, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, there's sign everywhere. Yeah, you, you, know, might, if you, you might have fresh elk crap, but yeah. they're three miles away. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like move through during the night. It's like, no, pay no mind to it. Elk more or less have cycles, I think. You know, mm-hmm. they make big loops, and they yeah. do, you know, mm-hmm. you just got to catch them in the right time. That's what, like, when we first hunted with the Born and Raised crew two years ago, and uh, me and Brian went out there, and we'd never hunted Roosevelt elk. We didn't know. We thought they were identical to Rocky Mountains, and uh, we'd be walking through the rainforest there on the coast, and they, these guys would find a fresh, fresh rub. And that was from that year. And they would be high-fiving and, like, I was I watching this. Like, they're like, yeah, fresh rub, fresh rub. Or if they heard a bugle at oh, night yeah. or whatever, they'd hear a bugle and it was like, oh, dead bull. Game on. 
And on my head, I'm like, what? Why are these guys so excited? Because when where I hunt in Idaho, if you find a fresh rub, you're like, awesome. That means there was an elk here at one point this year. Right. Who knows where the hell he's at now? Well, and that's how I've viewed actually turkey sign in the past. Like, that's cool. It's good to know that there was one here. Yeah. But it's I should be putting a little bit more stock into it. Yeah. I guess. But uh, honestly, that first year we hunted every bull we. We heard bugle because, like, I hear bold bugle outside my camp. And actually, Trevor came over and hunted with us two years ago, and we literally heard bulls fighting from our camp. You know what? A hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. And him and Trent are like, "Oh man, we're gonna go kill." And I was like, "Guys, that means there's elk right there right now. Tomorrow morning, they'll be twenty miles down the the, the drainage, which they which they were were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that is definitely true. Is is the species is. So similar in, in a lot of ways, but yet so different in others. And so a lot of that depends on terrain. Roosevelt's are Easterns. Rockies are Merriam's. Is that so what we're talking about? That sounds yeah, like that's a sounds about good. right. Yeah. Sounds really? about right. I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this whole podcast is, is, and I've felt this way, like I know there's this argument in the industry and with, amongst hunters that are like elk, the whole topic, elk hunting is like, is like turkey hunting. I feel like we're trying to justify that it really is. Who are we trying to justify that to? Is it the turkey guys that don't want that to be the case, or is it the elk guys that don't want it to be the case? I would say it's more the elk guys that yeah. don't want that to be the case. They're a little because prouder, you're, because you're out hunting this, you know, yeah. unicorn majestic ghost out there, and you can't uh, compare that to which a is bird. What, and I get it. Like, I mean, people have built that up in their minds for their entire life that an elk is like this. I mean, the pinnacle of the pinnacle of killing an animal. It is to me. Well, it's like yeah, freaking <laughs> awesome, man. And in a lot of ways, it is, but. At the same time, like at the end of the day, it is just an animal. Yeah, and you know, animals do animal things. Well, I think I think in this whole thing, trophies in the eye beholder. You know, in anything that you do, we're talking to Dave last night outside. The the guy that we met, great great guy. Um, good to spend some time with him, and he he's killed. I don't know how many turkeys. Well, he's, killed, he's killed five this just, week. Yeah, yeah just in this year alone. 90, 90 days, yeah. I he believe. Has, he has yeah. to be one of the most accomplished turkey hunters there is. He's a machine. Like yeah. he, he, there's. I don't know that there's a single person in the earth that loves turkey hunting more than him. I don't think at there the is. current moment. Anyway. Give him a plug. What's his name? Dave Owens. Dave yeah. Owens, Pinhody Project on yeah. YouTube. He he does similar stuff that we do with the turkey tour and like land of the free yeah. and stuff, where he basically just films all of his turkey hunts from all over the country and dave starts in late february in florida and he usually ends in maine in early june and he hunts every day of the season yeah and he lives out of his truck like he came here yesterday and cooked up the bird that he shot yesterday morning for us Mm -hmm. and then he drove his truck to a spot somewhere down the road and slept in the back of it and he's in the woods right now and if we had service there's probably a quick video of him smoking a cigar this morning because he probably (laughs) already shot a turkey yeah yeah (laughs) every time he shoots a tom there's a video of him smoking a little cigar. Yeah, Dave, when I first <laughs> met him and was talking to him, he was like, he didn't really even care about deer hunting or anything in the fall, and he's from Georgia. Right. He would spend, like, the summer and the fall planning his spring turkey season and, and like, where he's going to go. He's killed turkeys in 49 to 50 states, and that's the only, like, they don't exist in Alaska. Right. He's killed them in has every he, other state. Has he done that twice now? No. Once. Just, just once. But he's okay. close to, yeah. I mean, he, if yeah. he wanted to do it again, it wouldn't take him but a couple more years because he hits... 20 states in a year yeah that's unreal so he's crazy but yeah like he was talking about he's elk hunted before yeah no that's what i was getting to he's elk hunted and he he just looked me right in the eyes and said uh yeah i'd I'd get more jacked up on a turkey than than an elk any he said i would rather chase turkeys than elk he's like i'd rather just be able to to shoot him and throw him over my shoulder and pack him out than have to do all that yep 
other stuff. Of right, because he out. likes to hunt by himself, and mm-hmm. he's just like, it takes a day and a half to get an elk out, and, you know, I just pack a 25-pound turkey, you know. And then he'd go and do it all over again yeah. the next day. Yeah, yeah, you don't have that, that recovery time <laughs> yeah. Yeah. after getting the bull out. And it definitely, I think, you get way more time to hunt them, so you can learn them better. You know, elk, right. you're pretty much, you're, you've got a month, mm-hmm. and their rut cycle, you know, is like wrapped around two or three weeks, really. I mean, <laughs> it's strong, strong rut, so it's like, and he's hunting them months, months on end. Well, so. you think about the yep. accessibility, That's, there's yeah. no way you could hunt that many states for elk. No, yeah. you couldn't no, afford it. Like, like I said, it. he's yeah. killed turkeys in 49 <laughs> no, of the 50 states. That's turkeys exist in 49 states. Yeah. Elk exist in how many states? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. a fraction of that. But that was interesting just to see his take. And Casey, you're right. I, th- I mean, it's just, it's uh, the trophy is, you know, everybody sees it differently. And, and to say one way or the other, you know, what's better, what's not, it's probably not, probably not right for us to do, even. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's still hunting. You're still out there. You're doing it, and you're learning something, I would say. Oh, so. well, yeah, you know, and it's definitely not, you know, I mean, turkey hunting is, I guess what I like about turkey hunting, and I think all hunting is fun, right? But, like, turkey hunting is, it's fun on a different level. It's it's just, you know, like I said, you have that super interactiveness. I think there's less pressure. Yeah, you know, like I was going to say that, less you, pressure. Yeah, you We haven't seen a hunter the whole time. No, I mean like you, pressure like, on less yourself. pressure on yourself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Like you got nothing, uh, but say, yes to that too. <laughs> Everywhere we hunt, there's people. All over Why the place. is that? Why is there less pressure? I agree. It's the there's, end of I, the season. What, what well, pressure are we talking about right now? We're talking about like pressure, pressure on yourself. Oh, pressure. No, yeah, that's yourself. what I'm talking. That's yeah. what I'm talking. Yeah. About. I think like you got you got a fifth. Well, for you guys, literally as a non-resident in Wisconsin, you have less than a. $70 tag, I want to say, and then every tag after that is an additional 15 bucks. So the financial investment is minuscule to it. And like at the end of the day, you're kind of, yeah, you're just, you're, you're hanging out with your buddies. Like, you know, we, we've had a great time. Like we, we did kill a bearded hen. Thank you, Sam. Yep. Uh, thank for you, Sam. Us on the board. Nice yeah. work up there. <laughs> yeah, nice work up there. But like, you know, and that's not the defining part of the trip. Like it's no. having fun. You're getting in birds. You're hiking around with your buddies. But like too, you know, for the other terms of pressure, like right now we're so late in the season that just no one is really messing with them right now. There's bugs out there. The, the woods are thick. Whereas like a month ago, you it was open timber. You could navigate it really easily. So it's just you know di- different uh, different oh, year man. timing and stuff As like that. As a non-resident yeah. going out west and going elk hunting, it's in a huge investment of time and money for mm-hmm. me. Like you just mm-hmm. said, it's $65 or $70 yeah. to come here and hunt a turkey. It could be come more. Come here on you know, a three-day weekend. If I go out west and I'm hunting elk, I've probably planned that trip for at least several months, and I'm spending upwards of $1,000 on a license, Two and weeks I'm taking work. time away from work or whatever and going out there and... Yeah, you could have yeah. five. You could have five, ten years into into points. You know, yeah, that you've been I mean, building you got, in the yep. state, and you're like, "Holy mackerel, I'm burning them this year. Yeah. This is it." Yeah, this I mean, you chance. may only if you're serious at elk hunting. I mean, these guys they kill a bunch of them, but like me in my lifetime, I may only get a chance to harvest a couple of bulls. Yeah, potentially, it depends on how many times I get out west. But I've been out there a handful of times and got one bull. So far, it just, I, it just depends on bunch goals. of turkeys. I mean, yeah. you could do the same thing yeah. every single year. You're right; it is more money. Definitely, it's going to be you know just for just for transportation. But I mean, 
I bet, you know, Dave or you guys, I mean, you guys, I bet, you know, spend quite a bit of money and gas oh, yeah. money running around all those, all over through the states and stuff like that. I think it just depends on where, you know, yeah, where your head's at on the whole game, right? I think. Mm-hmm. But elk is, uh, they are, I think maybe they are a little more in the special category just because of, you know, the only times that you can really hunt them with a bow or whatever your weapon may be. Or I don't know. I, I guess, and, and turkeys, I mean, you can kill them in, what is that? Forty nine of the fifty states. Yeah, you right? got lots and lots of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you know. elk, you you're pretty pretty nailed down to just you know a few different places. Right. So yeah. Oh, allow to me, Mark. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I had I had a, I had a thought there, and it it just it <laughs> left just me. <laughs> it left. I was filming like Jake a waking in up. The night. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of distracted me. <laughs> I did too. That lo- that long flowy hair. Well, <laughs> Sam, you've had you've turkey hunted now and elk hunted, and you turkey hunted a fair amount before this season. Mm-hmm. But we collabed for about a month in April. Him and the bus came out, yep. and you got to turkey hunt some new and different situations. And I think that those are definitely similar in how you can travel from one area, hunt a different subspecies of turkey in different habitat and different terrain, and sort of have to change your tactics up somewhat For and sure. i don't know if that is the same with elk so much i mean it seems like you guys talk about hunting roosevelt slightly different than you talk about hunting rockies but at the same time you're still dealing with an elk yeah we do yeah. the same stuff but it's just a little bit different as far as where you're going to find them a lot of times mm-hmm. but and, and the same as turkey you it's half or th- you know three quarters of a day of dullness walking around call 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 to you know, five minutes of chaos, really. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same way as far as elk hunting goes. What we did this last couple of days, you're walking, you're just waiting for that one response, waiting for him to gobble or whatever. And then and then it's like, oh, go, 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 set up. Let's yeah. do this. Where should I set up? Should I, you know, should I get too close? Am I too close? Am I too far? You know, it's the same exact thing as far as in that concept. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Here's a question I have for you guys, because I feel like the past few days, our group specifically, I mean, we broke into several different groups here out of the, you know, 15 folks that we have in camp. And our group specifically, like, we've been getting on birds in the morning, but it's been tough for us finding birds in, like, midday. And I know you guys are always saying it only takes one. How how do you guys stay mentally sharp? Because that's been the hardest part for us. Like, we walk over the next ridge, we call down there, and, like, when we don't get a, a response, I feel like that just... Our morale is just doing this yep. from a hunt, from a hunting standpoint, yeah. not from like having a good time or anything. So, how do you guys like keep yourself motivated that way? I think keep it's going? I think it's on a timeline, right? I think elk season you only got a month, yeah. So that right there, you know, you're like I've only got this date to this date to kill this animal. Whereas this turkey hunting thing is just like. Hey, you guys want to go to breakfast? Sounds good. Let's right. go. Let's go eat breakfast. Let's go eat. You know, go to lunch. You know, in town, elk hunting, you, you just don't do that. You're just you're like, I we we, we got to maximize our time. That uh, okay. Let's hold. It. Let's bring it back let's, a little. Let's bit. Bring it back. <laughs> but, dial it back. Dial it back a little bit. But at the same time, you know, I think you you know how much time you have right. to do it. And yep. whereas turkey hunting's a little bit different, where like we talked about, it's a little more lax. And yeah. It's, yeah. And, I guess any type of hunting, you can get in as deep as you want. Right. Look at Dave. I mean, yeah. he's, he's yeah. in deep. Isn't he like yeah. 90 days deep right no. now? Yeah, 90 oh, days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Unbelievable. That, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Religiously. But, but yeah, like you were saying, Eric, I mean, 
you're casting that sound over the yeah. ground, you know, and your prospect. I mean, that first day we went out with bad conditions and we didn't hear a turkey gobble until four in the afternoon. Yeah. And that was the only bird that we got on all day. And the, we definitely have long periods where we right. where we have that happen, whether it's the weather that's causing it or we're just hunting new areas and we just can't find turkeys yeah. or whatever. But after you have that work a couple of times, you just know, like, what do you guys say? Time and pressure? Time that's, and pressure. That's a good way to put it with just all different types of hunting. Like, you know, if you continue to hit that call and move to new locations, casting it out there, you're eventually going to get a bite. Are you guys ever going at, because I know you guys kind of don't wait, sit and wait. Like you're not, you're not chasing the silent bull. Do you guys on on the turkey tour, are you guys ever chasing the silent Tom? Like, is that ever something you're killing birds that are just dead quiet? Yeah. Yeah. At times, but it really? depends on the situation. If you're in open terrain where you can spot them, something like that, and you can cover ground yeah. and glass and that sort of thing, then yeah. What we if do. you can't though? And we, early we, in the season, yeah, we, right. We, we did set up on like we'd get up on a ridge, like say Tennessee. There was a couple mm-hmm. times where we'd be hiking around. We'd maybe got on a bird in the morning, but then everything yeah. just shut up, and then we'd be hiking a ridge. And there's a bunch of fresh scratch. Or yep. whatever, and we would just sit down for a while and set like up. a blind setup. You don't yep. know there's a bird actually yep. there. Well, and that's a good point, Sam, because early in the season, the situation is different than it is now because they have a lot of hens. Yep. And they are very quiet throughout the day because they have a whole gang of hens with them. They're breeding hens. And when they have hens, they have no reason to gobble. They have no reason to, right. to answer you because <laughs> they're worried about breeding hens. However, the advantage with those turkeys early in the season is that they just don't move very far. They, they pitch down, they follow hens to a feeding area, and they basically just float with them in that zone all day, breeding hens yep. and being dead quiet. So when you do find sign, say you hear a bird in the morning gobble a couple times on the roost and you throw a pin at him, then you spend the rest of your day sneaking into that zone where those birds are at and you're listening you're not listening for gobbling yeah, you're listening, you're for, listening scratching. for scratching you're listening for turkeys drumming you're listening for the occasional hen yelp or cluck in the flock because he may not gobble once and then to your point you set up on sign and you wait you just wait for your opportunity because at some point maybe you can call the hens in or yeah. those hens will drop off and he'll throw a couple of courtesy gobbles out there yeah. that help you relocate him and then continue creeping in on him and that's another thing I learned this year. So last year was the first time I'd ever heard a turkey drum. Like mm-hmm. I just, it wasn't a sound that I had, my ears were like, were picking up at any time. But I had five toms come in, like it was 10 degrees out and there was snow on the ground and they didn't gobble at all. And they had five toms come in just drumming back and forth. And so like I picked that up. And then this year hunting with you, like early in the season, we were hearing a lot more drumming than we were gobbling. They gobble on the roost, but then we were getting close. And so like, as you start to pick up on that sound you're like really paying attention for that Mm -hmm. and several times this year since then i have uh either killed birds or had very close calls only because i heard a bird drumming yeah like really yeah those are some of my favorite turkey hunts man because you're just on you're hyper focused Mm -hmm. like when you're moving into the flock like that essentially and you don't know exactly where they're at you just can't make a mistake and walk up over a ridge because if they're all there they're gone yeah you know, so you're going slow, you're slow, slow, slow going. It's oh, I like you that. go 
Yeah, the last two days. Yeah. 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 How many times did he turn around Case and go, guys, guys, slow down? Just like, <laughs> Quite a few. No bugles here, bud. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure that happens with elk occasionally, right. too. I mean, watching your all's videos, sometimes they may bugle out their ways. Right. But then you hear a twig break or you hear them rake in a tree or something like it's that. usually it's that. Different exactly. sound. Yeah. Than them just bugling and bugling and bugling as they come in, right? And if you're hearing a turkey drumming, he's close. He's, yeah, yep. like he's gun range close. Yeah, you know. And and whereas like if an elk isn't doing something audible, like if he's raking a tree, he could still be out there 150, 200 oh, yeah. yards. You know. But you're still listening for yeah. that right. subtle, for that subtle sound yep. that just hits give you away. off. Just a giveaway. Like is he moving think, to the right or is he moving to the left? Yeah, I think yep. the drumming thing is a really good point. Like especially late in the year like this, because I mean, two. Well, two years ago, and when I was hunting with you in Iowa, we were working the backside of a like a hedgerow, and we were we knew there were birds on the opposite side of this fence line, and the reason we ended up killing a bird was we all of a sudden heard him drumming, and he was literally on the opposite side of it. So like when it's and, and you can relate that to this time of the year when it's super super thick. If you're walking through the woods really slow, and all of a sudden you hear one spit and drum, I mean you know like yeah you got a bird within gun range, and you just got to start slowing down and. Does a turkey drum every time he breaks into strut? Not every time. Every time he breaks into full strut, I suppose. What does that sound okay. like? Really? He's usually spitting. He's extending his wings all the way out, and uh, then he's fanning out. Do you know where the sound comes from? Is it? I don't know. Greg See, probably does. I, no, I've tried. Greg, do you know? I know you're off podcast, but well, the spit is here. But where does does the drum come from? Like that puff. Like of, I think it maybe they're sucking in air to just use their muscles or whatever to blow those feathers out. Maybe that's where the spit comes from. Yeah, yeah, it's got it. I mean, like that's like the drum, right? Like, the, well, yeah. I mean, it turns into a drum. Like, yeah. The, and turkeys, the, ne- they won't necessarily go they in got the full sticks too. But yes, they do. They're they're calling to other birds with that as well. Like, okay. and, and you'll even hear if a Tom has some Jakes with him, for instance, if he spits and drums, you'll hear a Jake go, raw, raw. like he'll answer that bird's drumming hmm. or he's, or that Tom will get in close to where he's heard a hen or he thinks his hens are at. And that's how he keeps them kind of in his zone. He's spitting and drumming and, and they hear that sound and they <laughs> stay yeah. together in the woods. You know, that's why a lot of that soft calling works yeah. real well when you do get inside of that bubble. We always use that term, get inside the bubble, that 100-yard bubble that the birds are in, and then you scratch in the leaves and you you do some yeah. soft calling that just sounds like hens moving through the woods feeding, and that makes those birds feel comfortable and kind of float your direction. You're not always just banging away on a call, you know, to blow their yeah, hat yeah. off. It. I mean, it all just depends on the situation, right, of course. Right, right. Getting inside that bubble, that seems like another, hearing you guys talk about calling rosies, you know, breaking that threshold of when that bull's going to come. Like, he may not look at you if you're 300 yards, or come if he's 300 Correct. yards away, but you get inside, what, 100 yards, Everybody 50 yards Everybody calls the maybe? magic 100-yard circle or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Which is kind of interesting hearing you talk about that, you know, getting that yeah. turkey. Oh, it's crazy. Too. It's crazy. Other than, honestly, other than checking the wind every. 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel that way at all? Dude, speak? I like was always... the wind would hit our every neck, i like, time. Oh, this done. is over. This is over. <laughs> yeah. You know. What's the phrase, if a turkey could smell you and never kill one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, same thing with... Uh, yeah, if elk could see like turkeys and turkeys could smell like if elk. If elk could uh, roost in a tree, yeah. you'd never kill well, one. Well, uh, they'd probably be pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Because you'd, you'd have to find a very large tree. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Especially for those Roosevelt's. They're 1,500 pounds. Yeah. yeah. 1,700. Big tree. 17. You'd, you'd need that old growth out there. Yeah. 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 We've <laughs> got to have growing big. But, yeah. You know, that, I, I, I swear that's one of, the, one of the things that I do love about turkey hunting. I find it actually, like I said, you got to be mindful of their eyes all the time. But it is so freeing. Not to have to worry about the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every one of our setups. I I don't know why when it would gobble or something like that, I'd be like, check the wind right now, and it was always blowing right at them. Did you yeah. notice that? Yes, every single time. And Maybe like, they can smell, and that's why we're not killing these things. Nah, they have, have they evolved? <laughs> they have the Southwest Wisconsin birds have evolved. Nah, they're onto us. Yeah, it was different. It was don't different in that here. realm, big time. You know, but you know, but we've got some of the best turkey hunters in the country, in my opinion. Sorry, guys. I'm world. Give you a world. Big compliment. Uh, this has been, it's been tough. It's been a little bit skinny, but like we've been getting on birds. And I know like Wes isn't here right now, but Wes has literally gotten to hear every, every turkey sound. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Like, I mean, All yelps, out. clucks, yep. keys, cuts, gobbles. I mean, they put on a pretty epic turkey clinic i mean yeah. if you if you were looking to hear what a turkey sounded like like we got to hear it you know other than you know the sound of one getting shot in the face yeah we, we haven't heard any, on many gunshots yeah <laughs> but it's tough man but you can get hot fast especially yeah. if you know the areas where the, the birds are at you get good weather conditions and weather it plays a big part like today it's been raining for the last four or five hours after this podcast if we hit, head back out to the field we're probably gonna be looking at fields because turkeys, the woods are so thick right now. Right. They're dense. They're soaking wet. Those birds will want to go out in the fields and preen and dry off. So on a wet weather day, you're looking for openings. You know, on a windy day, you're looking for leeward sides of hills and the, and bottoms because birds will travel down there where they mm-hmm. can hear. They're not going to sit up on top of a hill on a ridge where the wind's gusting like crazy and sacrifice yeah. one of their senses. You know, because like you said, you can't, they can't smell right. the sight and sound. So... Just depends on the condition. Another similarity. I was gonna. Yep, yep. I was just about to ask. Another similarity. No, that was that was interesting. When we first got here, we were seeing a lot in the fields. You know, mm-hmm. just on the edges of the fields, right. not right on the middle. Usually, it was just on the edges. And and me, you know, I just like that's eh, turkey bird doing turkey things. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. And you're just like, no. He just wants to get out of that wetness, out of that. You know, the taller grass. And then we'd go and hike and hike, and we'd get to a field. And I'm like, there's got to be one on this. And you're like, no, no. This grass is way too tall. And I'm going, okay, here we go. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's find some yep. shorter grass, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it, it's, yeah. uh, man, they're a finicky little little thing. They are. But um, but I think that adds to the nostalgia of hunting them, really. I mean, that's there's so many different little little nuances about the bird that, you know, targeting different spots and weather and then wind. And it was too windy. We can't hear them. And it was, uh, yeah. But I think we've seen a lot of different elements, I think, in just in the last two days. Where it's been like everybody was jacked up yesterday, you know, perfect day ever, right? Yep, and cold and clear was what it seemed like is what yep. you guys are looking mm-hmm. for. Anyway, it was, just, it was just it was neat actually going through and just seeing all those differences. In, and they uh, were they were gobbling a lot better yesterday than yeah. they were the day yeah. before. The day before that was wet, winding, and cold. Yeah, and turkeys weren't as vocal. They were down low. They were in fields like that yep. yesterday in the timber going high as soon as they pitch down Ridge off tops. the roost yeah. like the toms do they they're flying down it's a calm day and it's nice and sunny the woods are dry so they're going to use that portion of the habitat 
you know, yesterday morning, and and he was gobbling that one we were on, and he yeah. went straight up to the top of that ridge. And the reason why is so he can cast those gobbles down in the drainages below him and get hens to come up out of there to him. Gotcha. You know, if he's down low and gobbling, he can't cover his much sound doesn't resonate as far. Right. Yeah. And they know where those spots are, man, in their in their range. Those toms do. Yeah. So I, what, I think one of the best things I learned from you this spring warb was. You got You can't just follow the turkeys around. Like you got to get to where they want to be, mm-hmm. and you know that comes from just experience of like looking at maps. And if you know a bird's in there, like looking for benches and high spots, like depending on the weather. Yeah. And getting to those spots where you know, like, okay, it's going to be a clear day. You want to get to that high spot. Get above them. Get to that high spot and call them right to there. Whereas on, like you said, on a windy day, like maybe you side hill them and you stay down out of the wind because they're going to pitch down, and they're going to come around on the level. Yeah, it's harder to call a bird down to you. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you guys always set up above them. Get above them. Yeah, it was just interesting. Yep. And yesterday morning when we got there, I thought it was going to be dead calm at first light. We we hiked clear up to the top of that ridge, and the wind was blowing, you know, eight ten miles an hour. Once we got up there, I'm like, eh. It was windy yesterday. They probably went to roost last night low, so we started bailing off on the leeward side of that hill where we could hear a little better, and sure enough, we heard one goblin down there. But he didn't stay down there all morning. An hour later, he was way up on a ridge. Hmm. That's a good point right there. I think a lot of people wake up the morning that they're going, and they're thinking, oh, man, perfect conditions today. Like this, I just got to get high. It's going to be calm, whatever. But... The day of conditions aren't the conditions that you want to think about. You want to think about last night. Like, last night was windy, so they are going to be low. Even though today's perfect day for them to be up high, they're sti- they didn't probably, they're not moving during the night like an elk would, you know? Like, in, in an elk hunting situation, I'd imagine, then you would go on that day's conditions. Yeah. Whereas a turkey hunting situation, you're thinking backwards and thinking about last night and making a move from there. That's a, yeah. that's a good point, Eric. Of course, you know, I don't know, maybe they are moving at night because you guys stepped on a hen on the and nest, She was Aaron. nesting. Yeah, yeah, she had her. We saw the first turkey egg. yesterday, guaranteed. Four, what time was that though? Four thirty, was, wasn't it? Yeah, four thirty. <laughs> Super yeah. dark. I mean, that so, seems early to she me. She scared was that... the piss out of me. I was oh, we all about... walking up that hill. And I mean, I about stepped on her. She, boom, she well, just blew up out of the ground right in front of me. Will a hen not sit on her nest all night? She'll be in a tree. Uh, she may a little bit, but like a, when she gets a full clutch of eggs, she's got to spend a lot of time on that nest. Yeah. You know, especially as they getting close to hatching. Yeah. She's she's spending more and more time there, and that's why you're hearing birds gobble up in the day right now, yeah. and toms are searching a little bit more. They're flying down. They're going to high spots because they don't have very many hens. Yeah. They're all in the nest. This, this is when we prefer to hunt them. It's later in the season like that. Yeah. You just, uh, the trade-off is, is that they've been hunted a lot to this point. A lot mm-hmm. of them have been shot. Yeah. So you don't have quite sure. as many birds to go after yeah. as you did earlier in the year, but the advantage is that they are more vocal. <laughs> Getting back to that that high spot thing, though, that's really something that I didn't know until earlier this year, and I was actually hunting extremely different terrains in Wisconsin, so same state, but topography was ultra flat, and I was hunting with uh, my buddy AJ, and we'd see these strutters out there, and he's like, oh, yeah, they always strut there, they always strut there, they always strut. I'm like, why do they strut there? It was probably like a difference of maybe five foot elevation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow! Like yeah. I mean, just ultra subtle. Huh. But it was higher. Well, and you'll that's see where they that, would go. You'll see that. I mean, happen all over the place in Kansas. If you're dealing with flat ground, you're hunting a lot of fields and drainages and yep. stuff. For that's example, they have wheat, country. They have wheat growing out there in the areas that we hunt in the spring. 
Well, once that wheat reaches knee high in spots of that field, they won't use those spots of the field because they're they're not safe. You know, a bird can't feed and be safe out there because it can't see what the heck is around it. But if there's a hard pan in the edge of that field, maybe a different type of soil where the wheat doesn't get as high, you'll see them strutting right there. Maybe a 40-acre field, and they're using a half acre of it just because the wheat is six inches shorter right there, or the grass is shorter in a spot. Or yeah. You get in these, in these timber situations that we've been hunting late season like this, you may walk through a ridge that is pretty thick, you know, it's waist high, there's a lot of thick saplings, and then you walk out on the end of a point and it opens up and it's nice and clean, and all of a sudden you're seeing scratching right there. Yeah. <laughs> you got 400 acres, but you have these very small little pockets that are the size of this room or mm-hmm. this house that they will go to and spend time in. And that's one thing I've learned over the years is uh, we, we run and gun and we cover a lot of ground. We hear a bird gobble, you know, we're going at them sometimes. But oftentimes... If you're in a spot that that they potentially want to be, you're just setting up there. If you hear him gobble, it's like, well, you want to be where the turkey's going. That's right. And he may stand there in that spot and gobble for a while, but he's heard you at that point, and there's a good chance that he may come over there. You know, it may be 400 yards away, but if you're patient and you're in a spot that you know turkey's frequent, that's also a good option. Yeah. Just to wait him out, see what the bird does, and then kill him or make your move because <laughs> they yeah. will move eventually. They're yep. not going to stay in the same exact spot all day if they don't have hens like that. Gotcha. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> that is interesting. Turkey what birds. <sighs> what do you got? You want to roll into last calls? I, think I know guys got to catch some flights and stuff. Just, I was yeah, going to say. got to jump on a plane here yep. soon. Last one to get here, first one to leave. No, man. Yeah, so last calls. If you guys aren't familiar, some of you guys have been on the podcast before. It's just kind of a uh, a final thought. You know, thoughts on the trip, thoughts on turkey hunting, something you learned. Something totally irrelevant. We have no qualifications. There's no rules. Yeah, there's no, no rules. rules. First rule, there's yeah. There's no rules. <laughs> no, I, I came into this, and I'm, I'm coming away from this, honestly, have learned a ton about turkeys and gained respect for them. I will be honest. I was that guy or, you know, those guys that just like, you know, it's a turkey, whatever. And will it ever, you know, hold a place as elk in my heart? Not a chance. Not a chance. But at the same time, we'll I, do, I do will get you there. I do have a way bigger respect for him. And I think I'll, I'm going to hunt him at home. I think I'm going to, you know, go and, and do that. It's, it's springtime. Usually right now we're hunting bears, you know. We've done a lot of that lately. So, anyway, it's just another thing that you can get out and do this time of year. So, so we can expect the Born and Raised Turkey Tour here shortly? I don't know if we're going to go that deep. <laughs> I don't Five know if we're going to go quite that deep. Yeah. <laughs> 35 states. <laughs> no. But um but it was it was great and just, you know, being with you guys, it was a blast. It was a it was a blast. Yeah, I think just uh having this many guys who spend as much time in the woods chasing whatever critter was just awesome to have that many people in camp that are that passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was telling Jake and Ted yesterday like I'd hunting with like you guys and whatever like i've like hardly ever laughed that hard like while you're out hunting or even in camp and whatever i mean just it's a it's a crew of awesome people and it's just been pumped that we all got together and did this oh yeah man it's been a blast and trent's gave me you know i got a lot of very good life advice you know in the last <laughs> few days we spent a lot of windshield time in the old santa fe out there yeah know? it's a nice ride yeah so I feel Some like point. we had fun, and I've also matured as a person. You know? <laughs> Those are some big takeaways, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to go elk hunting. Yeah. 
I had a blast. I like I said, I've been trying to kill a turkey now. Uh, I've killed two turkeys in my life, but I've never been able to kill them in the in what I would consider the proper turkey way, which is calling them into you into a decoy or whatever. I always had to spot and stalk them. I'm still on the quest to do that. But I have a, a, like I want to open this up to the group. My little brother brought this up to us yesterday. He said, "Why is it that anything that is like easy is considered a turkey shoot?" <laughs> oh, man. From what we've experienced, this isn't easy. No, no. That is interesting. That is a great not, point. I don't have an answer to that one. Yeah. Deep thoughts. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll leave it there then. <laughs> Enrique? Yeah, I would echo like a lot of that. I mean, it's just cool, like getting a bunch of guys together, you know, doing doing what you like doing. And the cool thing is too, like if for people listening, you can do this super affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's something that you want to do, just grab a bunch of buddies, camp, you know, rent a house, whatever, get a hotel, go somewhere. Whether I mean, we haven't killed birds like we thought we were going to, but <laughs> it's been a blast, you oh, know. Yeah. So like that's that's not the defining factor of this. It's like just the camaraderie and stuff, and it's been awesome. So. No, yeah, you know, and if and if you do want to do this or you find this interesting and you haven't done it before and still have some question marks in your head of, you know, how do you, you know, hunt these things? How do you try and kill one of these darn mm-hmm. things? Which I guess I'm still trying to figure out uh, this week. Uh, watch you some THP videos yeah, because these guys know what's up and they have a ton of experience and impart a ton of knowledge in their videos. You know, heck, I learn a lot from those videos. Uh, and one of my big takeaways is just the stuff that I've learned throughout this week or not week but you know throughout this trip uh you know from you guys and and from your videos heck i got a couple takeaways from from just this podcast Mm -hmm. alone so uh appreciate that appreciate you guys thanks for coming out this has been an absolute blast yearly event i think we need to think about that pretty serious look into it i got some permission on some farms around here already you know and That is a good point. <laughs> Trent yeah. rolled into town and like has been here for forty eight hours and has accrued more permission than I've done in like twenty eight <laughs> years of life. I told him the same thing. I'm like, I'm you thinking just... it's a personality thing. Well, yeah. How t- <laughs> the conversation started out is, "Hey, can we go kill a turkey on your land?" And the guy's response was, "What's it worth to you?" To when we walked away, the guy was pleading with Trent to come back and hunt this fall with him. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, "Can I expect you next year?" And I'm like. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> so, Super so, guy. so really, when I reflect back on every door that I've ever knocked on, it's really, uh, it's it's not you, it's me. Is yeah. What I, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, I'm glad we got oh, there. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for yeah. coming out. We'll see you in the turkey woods. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released, so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you can take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So, again, everybody, thanks, and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.